My name is Adam. I'm Johnny. And I'm Bridget. And, and we, we have never, never seen broadcast news. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. You heard all our names up top, so we're not going to go through them again. Uh, But this is the show where we show somebody, anybody, sometimes multiple people, a film they've never seen before that they absolutely should have. As you heard, all of us have never seen the movie Broadcast News, so we are all on the hot seat today. Forgot to look up what year it came out, but I believe it's the 80s, maybe the early 90s, somewhere in that range. Yeah, I think Uh, it's late 80s. Yeah. So we are all here to kind of talk about this movie. Uh, I want to find out, obviously, what you guys know about it. I know a little bit because I did look up some of it and also just kind of like had some knowledge of it. Uh, But Bridget, I'll start with you since you were to my right. What do you know about the movie Broadcast News and why maybe haven't you seen it yet? I know that it is. I believe a late 80s film. I know that it stars Holly Hunter. I believe William Hurt is in it, Mm -hmm. as well as Albert Brooks. Correct. They work for a broadcast news company. Mm -hmm. So I think it's some sort of workplace comedy, drum-com, maybe. Um, That's all I know, though. Okay. I believe this is one of the better-ranked comedies particularly of the decade that it came out yes and it is 1987 i did look it up so that's really all i know though and just didn't get to it although i do (laughs) love holly hunter okay johnny what about you what do you know uh i know as much uh as bridget does on this i don't if anything i know less um um, well most of hers was just inferred from the title too so it's right Again, I, I think it was thrown on on our list of stuff that we wanted to watch. I just had no idea what it was. I was maybe confusing it with Network and another movie that I have not seen that is on the list, I believe. That movie is fantastic. We Which, again, is something that like I have a little more knowledge about than this one. But um, uh, I found it at a bin at Savers. I quickly looked at who was at the front and Bridget just confirmed what I saw earlier. And <laughs> Oh, yeah, because it's, it's the three main leads on the cover of the box. Right, right. Which- Got the vibe that it was some sort of like what Bridget said, some sort of workplace comedy, mm-hmm. maybe a nice peering to the broadcast world. Mm-hmm. But yeah, don't know who directed it, who wrote it, what year it came out, how it was, if it was received well or not, if it was nominated for I don't I have absolutely no idea. So I do believe it was received well. It's ranked highly on Rotten Tomatoes. It is on a bunch of lists of like best insert number here comedies you need to see yeah. before you die or before you go blind or whatever other list you know listicle they want to come up sure. with uh, the director writer and producer of this movie is james l brooks who is big uh in producing the simpsons yeah so you will know that name uh, from the simpsons so uh, that's one that this is one where it surprises me i never saw it just because mm-hmm. i love the simpsons so much that i feel like i sought out a lot of things that might have been Simpsons adjacent, either people who guest starred or wrote for The Simpsons or produced or whatever. Uh, I tried to seek that out in my younger years. This, though, I think is just it would have been too over my head, highbrow for 
I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be a highbrow movie. It could be yeah. full of dumb, stupid jokes. <laughs> no, but like a workplace comedy, if you're a young person who has no concept of what a workplace is like, yeah. does nothing. Unless it's The Office, where and, you don't is... have to know what ha- happens in a workplace because it's not, that is not real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I feel, I, I expect going into this that it's probably going to be a bit more of a realistic take. Mm-hmm. But again don't know uh, but this is this is something that i have seen on a lot of lists it is something where like i'm pretty sure i went through and like added it to my queue on some streaming service recently because i was like oh i gotta get to this one i gotta watch this i too always confuse it with network and always have to like look it up and be like wait which one is the one that i've seen okay i've seen network i have not seen right. this one <laughs> this one i need to to see so i mean Obviously, we can't spoil it for one another, but what are you guys kind of expecting going into this? Assuming it is a workplace comedy, probably some romance, probably a rom-com trope here and there. Are you guys expecting anything going into this, knowing what very little we all collectively know about it? Only that now that you mentioned that it has something to do with the ride from The Simpsons that I wonder what sort of comedy it's going to end up being, whether it's going to be more psych gags or more... Uh, you know, quotes, things of that nature. Well, I don't think he was a writer. Driven. He was a producer, just to clarify your... Okay. Like, I don't want you going and thinking this is a Simpsons writer, per se, and having that cloud the perception. No, but everyone starts somewhere, and they sort of just... The genesis of what they think is funny, whether it is psych mm-hmm. gags or, you know, dialogue-driven or performances or what have you. So I'm curious to see what sort of is going to be on display here. But I get, like, a wholesome vibe from this. I don't get something that's going to be, like, mean-spirited in any way whatsoever. But I guess, like I was saying earlier, I would, one, like it to be funny, but two, also to spend some time talking about how broadcast news works, the many layers and, you know, life cycle of a news story, you know, from conception or all the way to going to air. You know what I mean? That'd be pretty Mm -hmm. cool to kind of see that for someone who's not completely used to it. Um, I have a little bit more of an idea than I think most people about how that works, but I think it would be cool if they did spend some time doing that because I think it is an interesting work or professional life so it'd be cool to kind of have that be on display there bridget i am expecting to be in love with holly hunter's character (laughs) and that's about it i really don't know what to expect okay how about you uh yeah kind of like what johnny was saying knowing that this person was a producer for the simpsons probably having some level of input or some you know you got to give the go-ahead as a producer for certain things or just in the people that are hired, your producer would be involved in that kind of thing. And knowing the pedigree of the people that got hired to work on The Simpsons, I am expecting some level of both potentially stupid, but also really smart comedy as well. Mm-hmm. Because like The Simpsons was not only was it dumb and stupid and there's fart jokes and mouses and, you know, uh, cats killing each other. But there's also like really smart humor in it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping for some of that. I also really love Albert Brooks. So I'm very much expecting his style of deadpan, serious, but also very mm-hmm. funny kind of. I don't know if he'll play a straight man here, if he'll play the comic relief. Like, I don't know. Because he can do both. Like, he can yeah. be this, the person who's not trying to make the joke and therefore is really funny. Or... He'll be the person cracking the jokes and be the workplace cut up. So, like, either way, I'm very much looking forward to his portrayal in this movie. Again, not knowing what he's going to to be or what role he's going to play per se, but I am very much looking forward to the 
the comedy aspect of it. I do think we'll get a lot of the workplace relationship stuff. Uh, and I, I too also want, you know, some of the behind the scenes, you know, meetings and things that happen as part of a, a news broadcast. Speaking of that, though, do you guys have any particularly favorite behind the scenes TV show style movies or shows that you particularly like or any particular workplace comedies, dramas that you that you particularly like? Just to kind of set the stage for what right, right. What we will be talking about later in terms of references to things and how those uh, opinions will portray our opinions of, of this. I mean, Office Space is the one that comes mm. to mind as, you know, I think the high watermark. It's certainly darker, though. Yeah. In tone. Yeah, I don't know if we'll get that dark with this. I mean, it, it could be. It could be. Do we know, do we have a rating on this, by the way? Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but give me, I'm, it is R. <gasps> oh, good. An adult, a movie for grownups. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to, I have to do some brainstorming of workplace movies. Can, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, I mean, you're right about Office Space. You know, I, I think about, if we're talking about, like, the industry itself, then, mm -hmm. like, you know, I, not so much movies. It seems like a lot of TV shows spend to do that, like, a lot of the time. I yeah. know there was a good one with Jeff Daniels. Also called like the network, I believe, on HBO, which oh. was a nice one about newsroom. the behind newsroom. newsroom. Yes. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, yeah. there's Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin, yep. yeah. So that was good, and then I think there was another one. Aaron Sorkin did sports, Sports Network, something to that. He did that, Sports Night. Yeah, I think uh, he also did Studio Sixty on the Sunset Strip. Yeah. So like all kind of behind the scenes TV. Right. Uh, I do really like. I like the first season of Newsroom a lot. I liked Studio 60 for as flawed as it was. Right. And I think I've only seen like episodes here and there. of. Yeah, I've never consistently Sports watched Nighter. either of those shows, but I'm just trying to think of ones that I've heard of or mm -hmm. have watched at least a little bit of. Ridiculous example, Anchorman, I think, deserves a mention there. Just yeah. I think they probably did some sort of effort into sort of trying to show you how yeah. things kind of get to air. That's more um, of the office realm of like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, there's some truth to the behind the scenes nature of workplaces in right. these particular industries or whatever but it's so zany and off the wall so yeah that's what i'm curious for maybe this was like a uh a jumping off point for them when they're like oh let's do like broadcast news but like meets like naked gun or you know it's like or yeah. like zany or something yeah. so these guys maybe had like the idea of sort of taking that particular corner of professional life and spotlighting it with humor you know even shows like entourage and other things where it's like that behind the scenes workings of you know movies and television I find all that stuff fascinating. Yeah. And there's a lot, I mean, there's a long history of movies that especially shine a light on like Hollywood and, you know, you get the New York scene for different things. So I don't, I'm not sure if where this takes place, if this is like a big city newsroom or if this is more of a small town, would you guys have a preference one way or the other? If this was big city or like local middle Tennessee channel five? I love, I love the idea of local channel five because the stakes tend to be lower and therefore the conflict is higher hmm. if that makes sense like the contrast between the two because people are still fighting for access fighting for stories fighting to have the spotlight but it's about water skiing squirrels like is the, yeah. the top story <laughs> you know what i mean like i i enjoy that well and the aspect of that too is that it's those little local channels are always the jumping off point. Mm -hmm. You want to get to New York. You want to get to Chicago. You want to get to Dallas, Los Angeles, mm -hmm. what have you. If Assuming if you're a local news person, that's the goal. And then national and things like that. Yep. So there is more stakes because everyone's like, I got to get out of this backwater town. 
I'm only here because I took the one job that would hire me and I moved from, you know, Kentucky to be here. I moved from Iowa to be here right. or whatever. Johnny, do you have a preference? If, would you rather have this be a local thing or like a big city, big stakes you're covering? I kind of like somewhere in the middle, like some sort of like like a Pittsburgh or something where it's not like one of the big two or three cities in mm-hmm. the country, like Chicago, LA, New York, you'd be like a smaller one where you are right. There is sort of like that aspiration of getting to those bigger networks, but just the word broadcast, I know it's kind of ridiculous to like insinuate this, but usually with that sort of word, you're thinking of like bigger broadcast networks. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't think we're thinking of like small potatoes here. Yeah. I don't have one preference either way, but yeah, I don't think they're working for like CNN or something big. You know, I think it's going to be like a small, smaller network, like a, like a small Fox or small CBS. Yeah. It's not um, local affiliate news. It's, right. But it, I, I wonder too, because if this is from 1987, cable would be in its infancy in the mm-hmm. late 80s, right? I'm not sure when cable really took off, but I don't even know. CNN might exist at this point in I 1987. Think it but does, but it's really in its infancy. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not probably not even called hours. C- it's not even called CNN, I think, at that point either or mm-hmm. something else, but... Yeah, so it's not even 24 hours at that point. It's a completely different world than what we know of today as CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, like those types Mm -hmm. of of channels. So it's definitely – I don't think it's that. I don't want to say definitely because, again, I I also (laughs) don't know. Yeah. But it will be interesting to see. I kind of hope for a a big city. Like I am kind of hoping it is in New York, LA, Chicago type of thing just because I think – the higher ups in there are always good characters in those moments when like you got to go up to the 15th floor to talk to the head of the news division because of whatever thing is going on or whatever they're covering. So I always find like those characters are a little bit more larger than life mm-hmm. and that can break up the inter office personal stuff to kind of add an extra layer to it. Mm-hmm. So I would be interested to see some of that. And I don't think you get that with, station manager at local cbs5 <laughs> right you need that like we've got millions of dollars in advertising on the line we have to figure all this stuff out so from that standpoint i do hope it's a bigger city but i think the comedy would probably be better at the lower the lower level i was gonna ask you what do you what would you think you'd want to drive the plot or be like the the problem in the movie to be it's sort of like micro level like inside the office or something like a story they're following outside of the office because, I mean, you find, like, like an Anchorman or, like, some of those other ones, like, they're all kind of, like, in the studio. Those, like, those are the problems. Yeah. This one could be, like, a big story that you have to, like, cover and get the story before the other networks or something to that effect. Yeah, I, I don't know that we'd necessarily get that aspect of it. I mean, that, those are some of my favorite things about Newsroom. Yeah. Was, like, especially that very first episode where they're covering, like, Deepwater Horizon, I think, where it's, like, this is a big deal this is breaking. We got to cover this. We got to get this to air first. That stuff is exciting, but I think it'll be probably, you know, new person coming on, old person leaving, like some kind of dynamic, big dynamic shift at the start where either one of those three main characters that we know is just getting their first job is their first job in broadcast news. They came from local, you know, affiliate and they're trying to make it in the big city kind of thing. And all of the, trappings that go along with that fish out of water element right i'm probably expecting more of that i don't i don't think it'll matter one way or the other for me at least which kind of thing they're portraying yeah i think it being a comedy they're not going to spend too much time on as long as it propels us to each act successfully Mm -hmm. i think that's all that's it's going to be there for but i think 
again, like I think we're all gonna agree that obviously this is a comedy, not so much a drama. Yeah. So I don't think that's the vibe I get from that's the vibe I get too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I don't think we're gonna have some serious problems where people are getting hurt or there's something you know what I mean something a lot more. Uh, malicious at play, but this is, I think, going to be a little more lighthearted and wholesome. Yeah. I don't think anybody's getting embedded at Iran Contra or whatever. Like, Correct. <laughs> yeah, is, I'm sure that although that happened many years prior, uh, right. but I don't think we're going to get something where it's like, oh no, we got to go undercover. Yeah, know. some news reporter getting kidnapped and waterboarded yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that necessarily. No, I don't want to see that either. So because well. that, that that would have to be the major driving force, and that's clearly not this. Just from everything we. Right. The very little that we do know, I don't think it's going to be <laughs> like that. Well, uh, anything else that you guys want to go over? Any other thoughts that you have before getting into this today? No. The more we talk about it, the more we may start giving the, our, the own plot away. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to spoil for myself going <laughs> yes. up with the whole movie. But this is one of the more blind, I think, experiences going in. Cool. Well, that'll be exciting then for the after part. So what do we have to say for ourselves? Fine. Fine. I'll, I'll watch, watch it. it. It starts off with this very high-tech synthosequency type thing, like this. That's the news. And the strings take the melody. We are back. We have just finished watching 1987's Broadcast News, and we were all on the hot seat for this one. So I want to ask you guys first, how are you feeling? Bridget? Good. I really liked this movie. I have a feeling you guys did not. Johnny? The movie is is, is a huge mess, in my opinion. It is uneven. It's... it's, It's it's a frustrating movie because I think that we have watched movies in the past where, at least for me, I felt that there are a lot of good parts of this movie that work, particularly the performances from Albert Brooks mm-hmm. and Holly Hunter, which are very good, and their chemistry is really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything around it is not that good, in my opinion. There are some good peers, like we talked about. We could see how some of the, the news gets to the air, and yeah. there's some cool stuff there, particularly with... How they did it back then, because it's it's all digital now. It's all just yeah. trashed through, through through data. So there's some interesting things there. It just, I think I wouldn't have such a problem if this was like a 90 minute movie. I'd forgive a lot of it, but the fact that it's two hours and ten minutes long, mm-hmm. it's it hurts. It, it particularly feel- hurts in like the latter, like like rounding third, like hurts a lot. <laughs> it did feel very long. Yeah. So, I don't, Bridget, did you feel that it was... Oh, I felt it was long. Okay. I remember looking at the timer like an hour in and being like, there's still another hour, 10, 15 of this movie? Like, yeah. Okay. I I thought we were kind of towards right. the, the crescendo, if you will. Yeah. But it definitely felt long. I, I'm torn right now because I'm, I was so floored through most of it that it wasn't at all what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Like, I was expecting more comedy... And this was almost entirely drama with little quips and funny lines yeah. sprinkled in. And like we talked about this in the interim where we were expecting more of a 
comedy look at things and we wouldn't get, you know, reporters embedded. We wouldn't get these like dramatic things. And like, we got all of it. Right. We got everything we said mm-hmm. we weren't going to get. Yeah. So I don't, I don't quite know how I feel about it because it was so drastically different from what I thought it was going to be going in. Because when you see this thing that's on a list, like we said, of like good comedies and like great comedies you need to watch, I expected more of the comedy angle. And it was very much drama. Yeah, it's like. like mm-hmm. It's mostly drama with just a little bit of the comedy. Like, <laughs> Thank you. That was the. I said drum com, and I'm like, that's not. But, that's, it, but it's, it's, also, yeah. it's also a drum com. Like, it is a drum com. Like You're it's, right. It's mostly drama, and it's very much about the relationships and i don't necessarily buy any of them this might sound kind of harsh but this is like a dime store rob reiner movie basically it did feel a lot like uh, when harry met sally Mm -hmm. but not nearly as yeah i was thinking i was thinking more of like like an american president like that's Mm -hmm. like the tone i felt throughout this where there are some funny lines but it just it's so sappy and the piano and it just the there's piano. a lot of every forced... time the piano happened I could see you it, like I just <laughs> particularly because I don't understand like her motivations around liking John Hurt's character like I what is he's a, a himbo because she wants to take him to the bone zone yeah. the bones yeah okay. it's she entirely wants to she wants to go it. to Mortal Kombat ninety six yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take him to the bone zone yeah. yeah. That's the motivation. She wants to take the scary ship <laughs> right. to the bone zone. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't buy any of it. And I think it's it's worse for not having a better understanding of the passage of time because she goes from so anti this person to he did one good job one time and now I think I'm in love with him. Right. Like, then back again, then like then yeah. at the end we get some sort of like ridiculous scene under the gazebo or whatever oh, it is. The epilogue. Oh, come, come, come what is here. happening? Yeah, like, the, epilogue the whole is... scene, a lot of the scenes in this movie are like, I don't know if you'd like It should have just like, ended her with in the, in the taxi. There's a lot of scenes that are just not blocked very well, which is, again, if people don't know what that is, it's just the movement of actors and where they should be. It just, at the end, it's just atrocious. <laughs> come over here, guys. We walked 10 feet under our gazebo. For what? Yeah, I need to show you something. I need to show you something. Well, I guess it. I mean, it's raining. Show you so what? I just, yeah, I she just... had the present for the kid. Like that oh. was it. That was the extent of it. Is I have a present for this kid. Come look at it. And I kind of get the epilogue from the standpoint of we have the conversation towards the end of the movie about like what's going to happen to us in five years, and they cut to seven years later, and he's got his kid, he's got his wife, she's not fat and single, you know. So it like I. I would have liked it better had it just been maybe Albert Brooks and Holly Hunter showing up together yeah, that, because of that conversation and just and that's the only relationship that matters. matters. Yeah, ultimately because it's about Holly Hunter is the main character. I think the movie starts off on the wrong foot by giving introductions to Tom and Aaron because it's really you only care about Jane or at least I only care about Jane no, which this, I knew I'm the same going way. in but I don't need to know about their background cuz her journey is the one that you as the viewer are ultimately on yeah like I wouldn't have I don't I didn't necessarily mind at the beginning because obviously we didn't know who we were going to be following the majority of the time with so I I liked the scene at the beginning where they show all three and how drastically different they are where 
Aaron is super smart and is kind of a jerk about it. And like that is very much his personality. So it sets you up for that. Tom is very much dumb mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Like he doesn't want to be dumb. He wants to work hard. And clearly he's gotten where he's gotten because he's put in some kind of effort. Mm-hmm. Like he knows the ins and outs of the performance of being a newscaster. And that's clear in the, the training scene with Aaron. Mm-hmm. But he's ultimately worried that he's going to be too dumb. And he's just, like, how do you skate by on good looks? Like that sets up his kind of dynamic. So I get the inclusion of it. But you're right. Because Jane is the predominant focus, at least the movie wants us to seem that way because mm-hmm. everything's framed around her. It does kind of throw a wrench into things because it seems like – and the the cover of the movie does this too where it seems like this was going to be more of a group dynamic, more of an interplay between the three characters. And it's not at all. It's very much two guys drifting in and out of Jane's life as she figures out the world of news. But mm-hmm. it doesn't stick to that formula really. Yeah. So it's very strange. Do, I mean do you guys buy the – Do you guys want to go beat for beat through this, or do you want to just kind of talk about the overtures of it? Because, yeah, I don't think I need to relive it again, (laughs) quite (laughs) frank. I do, listen, I like a lot of the moments in this. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I I have a lot of of issues with this, but I will will say that I don't think I've had a, a lot of exposure. I know Bridget spoke very highly of Holly Hunter going into this, and I... Obviously recognize the name, but I don't think I've seen a lot with her that I have a history. So I was pleasantly surprised by her. She's absolutely adorable, funny, smart, quick. Almost kind of remind me a little bit. I mean, kind of like a like a Jodie Foster kind of like like a yeah that Jodie Foster like especially Silence like, of the Lambs yeah, accent like that or even like Contact. Yeah, I was gonna say like very very enthusiastic about her work and. Mm-hmm. People getting in the way of it and, you know. Kind of a little OCD about it. Yeah. They had this. It also, they had the same, like, inflections of their voice and accents and things like that. So I always, I immediately thought of Jodie Foster. Albert Brooks, too. Not a lot of exposure. Again, obviously, you know, I think he's voiced a lot of stuff on The Simpsons and. Yeah, he's Hank Scorpio in The Simpsons. Yeah. He's I think, the bad guy in The Simpsons movie who's not Hank Scorpio, but it's the yeah, same right, voice right. and the same mannerism. I know he's, I, I know he's floated in and out, out of uh, some Judd Apatow movies if i remember correctly he's I, paul rudd's dad in this is okay that's what it is maybe yeah. in knocked up as well but i think justin this is 40 and then i enjoy john hurt and a number of other things too he's just so i don't know if it's the script or what it is but i think just albert brooks and holly hunter are just incredibly talented that they don't need much to be entertaining yeah you know like i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of albert's lines here are probably improvised too just correct really yeah off the cuff right responses to other things that just hit the right way even if they're not meant to necessarily be the funny line like his delivery and just something about the way he carries himself on yeah screen absolutely just makes me laugh it, he's it, it's completely on brand you know yeah, what i mean exactly yeah. but those are even far few between like i'm just dying to hear him say something funny again yeah i definitely wanted more of him and i wanted more of the focus to be him right and hunter like when we get that scene where he's just when he gets the the bit on Sunday or whatever is that that one night broadcast mm-hmm. and like that whole sequence is great that's good stuff, but it's just tonally this movie is a mess. But yeah, I just think it's it's two really talented people and everything around it is just mediocre mm. or or worse. <laughs> I do think I'm, I'm really I'm much I'm gonna do my best not to shit on this one, but. <laughs> 
I do think that John Hurt did a good job. Like, I did enjoy the character. I just think that his character was so much less interesting because we're told that he's a fraud from the get-go. So, like, no part of it was me being like, oh, he's really coming around. He's really doing it. He was the fish out of water that I was expecting we might get to, like, shake up the dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know which one of the three it would be, but he ended up being the one who's the fish out of water. Yeah. And it's not just that he's also a strong news person coming from a different place and shaking things up. He's quite literally not the on the level of these other two. Mm-hmm. Like, Jane is this, like, crack shot producer. She's willing to go wherever it takes – she knows exactly what the right shots are. She knows the story she wants to tell, and she's crafting news. She's very specific. She's obsessive, yeah. um, mm-hmm. as much as she doesn't want her father to use that term. But she's great. She's fantastic at her job. And Aaron, again, they say it towards the latter, at the very end of the movie, when everyone's getting fired, that like they can plug him into any story. He's knowledgeable. He's sm- like you know he can he can give you what you need in those short thirty second three minute field pieces and he can write like like a son of a bitch he's smart he does everything and then tom is just the sports guy who looks pretty on camera and can just mimic and do what he's told i'm not rooting for him in any of these sequences so every time that i'm with him it feels wasted even though he did a good job at portraying what they needed him to be which was this oh shucks it's i can't do it i'm i'm not as good and there were some moments where I felt like, oh, okay, like when, when he does the special report and that's over, like it's exciting for him because he like actually did a good news thing, but everything else I'm like, I don't, I don't care yeah. about you. Yeah. Well, I think he, he's the counter to Aaron and Jane in that he does have people skills, mm-hmm. which is a skill. Those yeah, sort of absolutely. soft skills. I know how to talk to people. I know how to massage things and be charismatic with people. Which is what Jane, I think, finds herself being attracted to in spite of herself. Mm-hmm. And Aaron just can't Kick stand out. to a point. Although through the sort of mentoring segment, you kind of see a little bit of respect grow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This movie hit me at the right time because to me, it's, you know, Jane's realization of falling out of love with her work in some ways and like the control that she has and having this sort of environment that she feels in complete control of fall apart. So it spoke to you in that moment. It spoke to me in that moment, (laughs) having like sort of left my own broadcast news situation recently, not with any sort of romantic entanglements, but just Mm -hmm. the like intensity of being in that kind of environment. And there was a line where she is trying to go to bat for Tom with the news president and saying, or sorry, going to bat for Aaron, for Aaron yeah. saying Tom's not ready. And he really just chews her out and says like, you must feel so comfortable being right all the time. And she says, no, it's awful. Yeah. And like, that is what my job felt like so much of the time, just having to be like, no, we need to do this. And yeah. Talking to a brick wall. Talking and, to a brick wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know that the brick wall is never going to understand you, but mm-hmm. you need to say it and it's driving you mad. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I don't know. 
See, it's moments like that that are so good in this movie where you, where you can take something away from it and put yourself in those shoes, no matter the field that you're in, where you can say, I've had to go up and I've had to like look at the situation and tell you that this other thing is the right way to go and just being pretty much laughed at. Mm-hmm. You know, like he didn't actually laugh in her face, but he was just like, no, like I'm no, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm it's my call. I'm the president. And just her unbelievable frustration with it. And like, turns out he was right. Tom did a great segment. Like mm-hmm. That was a great. I love the whole sequence of that special report where she's talking in his ear. He's immediately taking the information and translating it into a watchable news broadcast about these like tragic events that he has no comprehension of. And the fact that like Aaron's calling in and everyone's helping like that whole sequence is fantastic, but it doesn't lead to anything other than this messy three way relationship that. Right. I don't, it's not believable. Like at any point, did you believe in any of these relationships? I mean, I, I believe the whole Albert and uh, Jane relationship, I believe in, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that happens all the time. That's just like, Super, super close, and then like the guys—it's the total friend zone type of situation going yeah. on. And they have such great chemistry because they bounce off each other. They know how to like receive each other's jokes and throw another one at each other. Mm-hmm. And then you have just like this guy who's got the personality of a door. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's so it's just like this guy is really the competition, and I know ultimately, no matter what, they'll probably stay friends. You know what I mean? But. The idea that this guy has like is throwing a wrench into things is like wild to me. Mm-hmm. I just I, I never I never bought it. I never understood it. Yeah, well, it's not that he's throwing a wrench into things. He's throwing a wrench into things for Aaron, who I think because of Jane's attraction to Tom. If anything, Jane throws the wrench. Yeah, I mean, she goes she goes after Tom. Right? Yeah. yeah, and I think she ultimately knows she's not attracted. To Aaron, yeah, and that regardless of the Tom situation, never would have happened. Well, yeah, and there's several moments at the beginning, and this was really when I thought we would get more of their their back and forth, their chemistry, which was there were I think they're working in one of the bedrooms at the hotel, and they're mm-hmm. going over the story about I don't even remember what it was. Oh, about the the mercenary coming home, and they're trying to figure out like what pieces they want to go where and. He's showing her the tape of him just saying, like, fuck, 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 fuck you, fuck, fuck, fuck. Can you use that? Do you want to put that on TV? Mm -hmm. And they're laughing. And I think Aaron kind of leans in and holds his face for a second. Like, he's hoping that this is one of those, like, we're going to kiss moments. Mm -hmm. Uh, And But then then they stop doing that. And they come back to it every once in a while. But Mm -hmm. it never really felt like, like you said, Johnny, that she's ever going to go for Aaron. And so the whole love triangle aspect of it doesn't i don't know it just doesn't it's it's only there to challenge their relationship to get to like what 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 do we have here are we friends is there room for something more yeah how are you feeling about it because without him yeah right maybe that conversation would never happen yeah or it wouldn't happen so soon but he's just yeah he's just like he's just a plot point in the the movie and yeah yeah well i think (laughs) it's a it's a weird it's a in some ways, you're seeing for for Jane and Aaron, it's a misfire of romantic energy because they feel unfulfilled professionally. Mm. At the start, we have the two of them not necessarily where they want to be. Jane is giving a speech to a conference where she's talking about 
the demise of the integrity of news as the result of these anchors getting all this sway. Nobody cares about the substance anymore. And basically everybody walks out of the room on her speech. Tom ends up being the person to come back and say, I'm so glad you said something. I really respect this. I want to work like I want to learn from you. And as much as she's put off by him, like you're an asshole, you don't know anything at the same time. He's offering this kind of validation, which she wants for her career, for the work. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you have Aaron looking to be an anchor, be on the news, be respected, be in some ways this object of admiration and desire, both in terms of being able to present as an anchor, but also be, you know, this um, object of attraction for Jane Mm -hmm. and in some ways, things don't come to a head romantically until things really go off the rails professionally. Mm-hmm. And I love the, the the line where he's talking about wanting to be an anchor at the beginning, where he's like, I just realized why I want to be an anchor. Because if I'm an anchor, they'll pay me more. And they'll respect me. And they'll oh, put yeah, me yeah. on TV. And that'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that is a good reason. Good yeah. for you, Aaron. Yeah, <laughs> you go get knows. that. He knows. I will say, though, that her speech about the news hits so different now in 2021 when you see what news has turned into mm-hmm. where it's it's opinion 24 7 right 385 days a year yeah. it's it's all opinion almost all of the time and the anchors do hold so much more power because they're the faces that you see day in and day out and so they become trusted and i think when you look at that speech that she's giving about the dangers of it and then you listen to Aaron's speech when he's trying to convince Jane not to go for Tom about he's the devil. The devil's not going to come to you with his shiny red tail and his big horns. He's going to come at you little by little and break you down and tell you exactly what you want to hear. And then he can tell you whatever he wants because now you'll believe it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like both ends of that spectrum is what news has actually turned into. Mm-hmm. So the fact that this nailed 2021 news in 1987 is mind boggling to me. Yeah. But it also points to the good parts about this movie and why I think it holds up and why I think it's on these lists is because it gets so much stuff right. It's just all the stuff that bogs it down. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff that the, like the news does and a lot of different mediums of media do. I mean, yeah, the idea that he did these sort of crocodile tears or whatever and like fake that sort of stuff at the oh. end mm-hmm. is cringe. But it's not far from the truth. I mean, you're always – when you're doing that type of stuff, you're, if you have limited resources, you are always trying to cheat the shot. Of course. Always. Yeah. So, I mean, for some people who maybe don't realize that like, yeah, it, sometimes if you just have the one camera, yeah, you have to do a whole new reset and you have to do it from a different angle and you have to get it right and get a different reaction or whatever. This just happens to make him look like a complete asshole, but – that happens all the time in news every day. So do you buy his excuse of like, I almost did it live. I figured it was fine to do it for no, the No, because it's okay. – I mean that's just shitty. I mean like – and I guarantee that still happens and does happen. But I mean I'm just talking like in general. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? To get like a different reaction or something like that and then craftily put it together later on where someone would just think it would all happen in the same moment. Mm-hmm. And some people would take that as disingenuous because it's not all in the same moment. You know what I mean? So I think that was a cool like, hey, this is kind of what the news does every day sort of stuff. That's what documentaries do a lot too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. It's cutting different reactions to different things and it's basically like the trailer effect of 
Like you think this is what we're showing you, but really it's five different things and don't worry about it. Right, exactly. Or, you know, you cut to something that's pre-recorded, but it's meant to look like it's live. Mm -hmm. Like it's part of the same scene. You're right. It it gets a lot of the the news behind the scenes elements right. And it's cool. And it's, I even wrote down like everyone that like works for the news station, like who we get a shot of them at their house in bed has a little like TV next to their bed. Yeah. Opposed to like a radio or something like that. It's like, Mm -hmm. that's not far from the truth. That's probably what they would want it so they can constantly be tuned in if they need to. Yeah. And I like the shot of uh, of Jane when she goes running in the morning. Like the very first thing we see of adult Jane, she's going running and she goes and picks up like eight newspapers. Right. Because that is what you would do to be up to date on the news in 1987 because there is no internet. There is no 24-hour channel. Like the test right. pattern Native American comes on at 11 every single night or midnight or well, whatever. Well, yeah, you want to know what the competition knows and yeah. you want to stay ahead of it and that's totally true. And again, love her character. She's very enthusiastic. She's well-written. Uh, I don't know if she's well written, but in the she, work stuff she is. She in the work stuff she is correct, yeah. but like a lot of this, the personal stuff is is messy. See, but I feel like it makes sense because I think there are a lot of people who can be really functional in one aspect of their lives, and then a complete mess in another. If oh, that makes sense, yeah. And so it, in some ways, the flightiness can read as poor writing, but I think it could also be. A realistic choice of this is someone who no, doesn't are, necessarily know what they want and is a little bit lost. You are right. Out I mean, of the, their the people element. who are workaholics who just don't know how to socialize with people and like advance their lives and date or mm-hmm. or what have you, or but, just like process. I'm having this weird emotion. Yeah, I'm having this intense feeling about this person. It can only be love, kind yeah. of thing. Right. Right. Yeah, no, I think she's so quippy with the dialogue, the technical stuff, the, with the newscasting. I think I'm more like dialogue in general opposed to like character motivations or whatever i just it just it's a little messy the personal part of it but i understand what you're saying is that mm-hmm. you can forgive her a little bit on that front because she just has no idea how to do any of that but i don't know if they ever alluded to the fact that she has a hard time dating anyone either it wasn't kind of like i mean I albert they- brooks saying like you really got to get out there you haven't done it in a while or yeah well he wouldn't because he wants to date well right right <laughs> him um but I, I think they kind of give that implication because she's just like a work, work, work person. Yeah. And it's something I do wish they had leaned into more because I think they only show it like twice. And one of them is very early on. And the other one's like 45 minutes in. is just her spontaneously breaking down and crying. Oh, I love every one of those shots. Yeah. And I wish there was more of them because it would show how out of control in her regular life she is versus the work. Like that dichotomy I think is needed more. Especially when things start to go crazy with the Tom and Jennifer, you know, her own three-way with Tom and, and Jennifer, yeah. like, like yeah. that interplay of like, I want her to go to Alaska and I want Tom for myself. I needed, I wanted some more breakdowns. Like I wanted her yeah. to just say, all right, Jennifer's going to Alaska. I pick Jennifer to go to Alaska and then goes in her office and just like sits and cries for 30 seconds because she can't believe that she just potentially sabotaged a coworker to get her out of the picture so she could date the you know the mm-hmm. hot guy in the office that doesn't seem natural for her character and i feel like a breakdown is kind of needed in moments like that and i wish there were more of them because it was such a good moment to show how out of control she was mm-hmm. yeah that was another i was like i understand this movie <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah okay i get it Especially the first one where she's so chipper on the phone, like, okay, 30 minutes till you come to pick me up. Just screaming, crying. Yeah. 
as much as you can. Unplugs the phone so and no one can interact. Because I, when she did, I was like, "Why is she unplugging the phone?" Oh, it's so she can just be crying uninterrupted. She's done this before. She's a pro. <laughs> <laughs> she, she is a pro. She knows what she's doing. Oh, here's something that didn't come up. Surprise, Jack Nicholson. Yes. Yeah, I was just going to mention that. Yeah. The, yeah. Is this his first appearance on the podcast? Yeah. Yes, I believe so. I don't think we've seen anything with him in it yet. Mm-hmm. What a treat. It is always nice. It's 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 a complete throwaway. They could have put anyone in there of, of any sort of fame, really. I don't think Jack Nicholson added anything the only, really to it. The only, except, except at the end where he's kind of like... He's so smarmy and... Yeah, he's all swarmy or whatever, but yeah. And I think... Well, I think you had to get a high caliber actor to pull off the gravitas of the nightly news anchor, the person who is right, front but it's, and center. It, it, it wasn't some, – sometimes, sometimes they write those small roles just for someone like a Jack Nicholson character. You know what I mean? Because he's such a character actor. Yeah. That – you're right. They obviously had to pick someone of, of caliber to just – but it didn't have to be Jack Nicholson. No, it didn't. It just had to be someone with a name because if that was just any regular yeah. no-name actor at the time or character actor at the time – you wouldn't necessarily buy that they're the head face of the news division because they're the one on TV right. from 6.30 to 7 every single night in every single time zone doing the yeah. news. Where Jack Nicholson, when you see him, you're like, oh, okay, he is a big deal. The way that you would look at a Walter Cronkite or a Tom Brokaw and be like, oh my god, they're the big deal. They're the head honcho of mm-hmm. this. So, But you're right. It could have been any – Big time actor. Yeah, I mean, like, like, like Eastwood or whatever. I just when I see Nicholson, I'm just so used to him just chewing up the screen and doing anything. He's just like it has nothing to do here. Yeah. yeah, but you need he's doing nothing, and he has Jack Nicholson magnetism. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, you get right. a lot of bang for your buck. Right. Apparently, he did that basically at no cost as a hmm. favor to Brooks, who also did. Have Have either of you seen Terms of Endearment? Mm-mm. Trying to remember. Um, Shirley MacLaine, Jack Nicholson, Deborah Winger. Um, no, thinking of a few good men. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, they worked together on that film, and so he agreed to do gotcha. this essentially as a favor. So what you're saying is he knocked a million dollars off his salary. He did less than the which yeah. Is, yeah, which is kind of <laughs> funny given the the. I did love that line though, especially when he looks back at him and the guy, the president of the network is me like, that was a bad joke. That was in bad taste. I don't know what I'm thinking. This is a very somber moment. This is no time for jokes. Because <laughs> <laughs> he just like, he's like, I want to take them out. I This is such a sad day. I want to lessen the blow. Well, you could buy a million dollars. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, there's a lot of just interesting things that feel very prescient about this movie. You have... You know, everything they talk about, you know, cult of personality, sort of corrupting journalism and the 24-hour media cycle. I think you can see that, too, like, as you look at, like, the rise of groups like the Sinclair Broadcast Group, Mm -hmm. you know, the fact that Tom's piece that ends up being so moving and then feels like a bit of a fraud is about date rape, Mm -hmm. which was actually in 1987, like, a fairly new... Or at least a conceptual term that most people were only kind of just wrapping their minds around. Well, yeah, I mean, even in the yeah. story, he's he's, he's saying explaining, like, like you normally when you hear of rape, rape, you think, you think of a, a man in an alley with a knife, and yeah. not you know, I think people who are our age. Yeah, we've grown up knowing, knowing that like it yeah. could be anyone, it could be your friend, 
anyone that's close enough to put something in your drink, the person who, you know, is the fringe member of the group who's hitting on everybody. Like, it could be that person. Yeah. And we're raised and we're to like, know that. It is that person yeah. in some ways. And, like, to the point that we don't even, like, we just – date rape is not a classification that I think most of us even make necessarily. I don't know. Joan Cusack was wild in this. Oh, my God. Her hair. Her hair. Sorry. The whole I always hallway have to, There's always scene. some person with hair that I have to be like, but did you see the hair? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. What was that whole scene where she's just like moaning excessively? I was like, oh, my goodness. If she's going to be like the way that's oh, the when they're, movie, I'm going to be hurting by the end. Oh, was, yeah. When they're trying to edit the piece together and they're all kind of moaning and groaning in a very rhythmic way <laughs> in the the booth. But she's the most. She's the most pronounced. Screamy. Yeah, but that whole hallway run, I, my favorite is when she collides and like with the water fountain hip or whatever. Checks the water fountain, yeah. <laughs> or jumps over the kid getting changed in the middle of the hallway. And the mom is like, "What are you doing at work?" <laughs> I feel like there were a lot of takes in this where something happened that wasn't planned, and they left it in it. Like what? I mean, there there, there was that. That didn't really seem like that was part of the plan for her to run into the water fountain. I think oh, she's, probably not. Yeah. I mean, th- and then there's a point where uh, uh, Jane and Aaron are, like, passing the phone to one another, and, like, it just, like, drops or whatever, and they just totally just go with it. Mm-hmm. There's a few of them in here, and again, I don't know if it's just time constraints or budget or whatever, but typically you just reshoot that shit. Well, I, it does uh, speak to the, the zany, crazy nature yeah. of trying to put on a news broadcast live Every night, like it's frantic. You're not necessarily always going to make the clean phone pass hang up motion. Yeah, th- I mean, this was at the house that they that they didn't that they they could oh, couldn't okay. pass the phone properly. But I get I get your point. But yeah, I've got like little tidbits of this movie that I liked. Like I love Albert Brooks back at his apartment as they're getting ready to do the big broadcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's drinking something and he's or whatever. Drinking yeah. and he's singing in another he's language. Sing- again. Uh, singing Midnight Train to Georgia, and he says, reading, singing, both at the same time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I could do both. I can do both. I'm doing both right now. Yeah, I, it's it's so charming. Like, that's, I think, the peak of his lovableness in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it does, that is part of the problem with this sort of quote-unquote love triangle is that albert brooks is so much more lovable than william hurt yeah which is a huge stumbling block and i feel like if this was a a rob reiner when harry met sally style movie it would have been so satisfying for them to either get together in the end or realize that it's not tom that's the problem it's just that they're they're just friends and it's never gonna work and then they can go their separate ways and we can have a monologue or a, a pro Epilogue. Sorry, I went through all the logs. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> we can have I a just, captain's log. <laughs> do it again. Uh, we go through the epilogue and they're back and they're, we show it seven years later and they're still friends and everything worked out for the best, even though they didn't end up together. That would have been so much more impactful and so much more entertaining than – because I feel like in any of those other movies, Tom's character wouldn't have nearly as much screen time as he got here. He would just be the guy that's there at work. And all those and any scene that doesn't take place at work, Tom is not involved at all. Or maybe at the correspondence dinner, he's there, and that's another right. wrinkle in the thing. But so much time is spent with Tom and Jane, even though 
I don't think anybody wants that. No one's rooting for that to succeed, right? Were you? Yeah, no, it's not interesting stuff. Were you at all rooting for that to succeed, Bridget? Did you want to see him like turn it around and become this great newsman, and they work out? Like, would what were you thinking about the dynamic throughout? So here's ultimately, I did want them to make it to the bone zone, not for Tom's sake or because I felt like yes, they're the the real couple in this movie, but because she wanted it so badly. Yeah. And I feel like it would have broken the spell and the the disillusionment that comes at the airport is so heavy. Oh, God. That I'm like, what if he what if he was just a shitty lay and you could just go, Oh well, that happened and move on, mm-hmm. you know, as Jane. Yeah. And now he became this person who you had a big blowout at an airport with. Instead of just yeah, see that's where your, you guys talk about her just co-worker. wanting to get laid by this guy, but she's about to go on a week trip with him. Like, well, because she's she's caught up in the fact that they can have this working dynamic that sh- she can be this kind of mentor to him, and that she can bring out this sort of natural journalist in him. And there's the betrayal of he he cheats the, his story, he fakes mm-hmm. the crying. And then the sort of secondary betrayal is him being like, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I don't actually want to be mentored by you. I don't want your advice. I don't think it's salient. I don't actually respect what you have to say. I only respect it to a point that I can use it to further my own career, Mm -hmm. which is like gutting, I think, because Jane is someone who has used her career as a point of like being validated and thought she was finding someone like this is someone who likes me for who I am, but Tom does not actually like her for who she is. See, I, I don't know that I believe, I think he does actually like her. He seems to be energized by her, not just from a career standpoint. He does seem to care about her. I just think he doesn't want to be controlled in life the way that he is in the newsroom kind of thing. Like she, he defaults to her in the matters of news Mm-hmm. But don't you dare come to me in the matters of, like, this. Because he was just like, okay, we can disagree about work all day long. Like, let's just go on a trip and be together. Let's just disagree at work, but, like, let's be together outside of work. Mm-hmm. I And I think it's a, it's a big – like, we fundamentally do not share values. Yeah. And for him – because you're right. There is some respect for her. He's really jarred by the fact that she is – calling him out and being like this was a fucked up thing you did yeah and i can't look past it yeah and he's like no let's just go to the beach don't why are you mad at me (laughs) i'm getting on the plane fuck you yeah i think had they had that fight in the office it wouldn't have been as like a much of a deal breaker for him because it's like okay this is in work you're yelling at me about work stuff at work as my boss but like here in the real world so to speak like we're in a relationship maybe we're equals you're not better than me Mm. see i don't think that's the case though because it's a repeat of the same that when she challenges him at the hotel and she basically is just as harsh to him in the hotel like when they first meet and she basically says you know why are you acting like you're a martyr for your success like this is just something that's happening to you. You just keep getting promoted, even though you know you're not qualified. Like you, you do have some 
ownership of your own life. You can take responsibility for it. And he basically says, well, I didn't like that, not just because it's true, but because you were mean to me. Yeah. And that's the same fight they have in the airport. Yeah, but again, it's outside of work. It's in the real world of it. And he's saying, you can't tell me how to be a person, even though I'm a shitty person. You're just my boss or my pseudo girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Because the same kind of thing happens when she tries to leave the the correspondence dinner where she's just like, okay, bye. And he's like, no, no, you don't get to decide that the conversation is over just because you want it to be right. like, I'm a person too, God damn it. Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But like, because they have a moral disagreement, she's able to separate that as like, no, it, this isn't about work. This is about who you are as a person and what you're willing to do. And he's so separate of what work and life are mm -hmm. that that's why he's like, okay, well, we'll disagree about that. But like, let's go get a tan. Yeah. Because we'll disagree about work stuff, but this is life and I'm the handsome man and you love me and I like you. Like, mm -hmm. So let's do this kind of thing. Yeah. But it does point to that he's just kind of a jerk in general, even though he's the nice guy at work. Yeah. Well, and he's just sort of a, I don't know, a dipshit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he I, has a good line. There's a good line. They give him a couple lines where he says, oh, he says to Aaron at one point. I'm intimidated with you. Like there's things, there's weird slip ups in his grammar that no one like actually calls him out on, but like are just nice touches. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Though Jane does call him out on one where he's like, I, I'm very nice thinking that you're nice to me or something like that. He says something. And she's yeah. just like, what was that sentence? That doesn't make any <laughs> sense. You're an idiot. Yeah. I did like the line where Aaron tells Jane that he's full of shit. And I didn't even catch that that was going to be a thing. So it was really nice. They're just having the casual conversation when everyone's getting fired. And he's like, you just had one camera crew on that uh, on that date rape story, right? Almost as if, like, that's so impressive you were able to get this story yeah. with just the one camera crew. He's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, it was, it was easy, to, easy to shoot. And then when he tells Jane, he's like, I'm pretty sure it was the right move to tell you. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm doing the right thing here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which was nice because I feel like in a worse movie – I think in a worse movie, he would have yelled that at her and been like, oh, yeah, well, the guy that you love, like, he faked the whole crying thing as opposed to, like, a very real moment of, okay, listen, like, I'm, I was going to leave, but, like, I think you need to know. Mm -hmm. And I'm – this is me still being your friend. Yeah. That you need you need to know this. Yeah. Or at least what I think I know as opposed to yelling it at her. So I thought that was a really nice touch to show that, okay, we're still friends here. I don't hate you. I'm not mad at you, but I, th I think I'm right, and I'm not gonna throw it in your face. I'm just gonna just gonna put the information yeah. out there, and you're a good enough of a news person to mm -hmm. do the digging and do the research. Yeah. And I, I know you well enough to know that it this would bother you. Yeah, yeah, and I think that kind of is set up, and it, there's a good callback. It's a good callback to a scene earlier where they're all standing in the hallway on Tom's first day. And they're looking – he's looking at – I think it's Aaron and maybe Jennifer and the boss who is the boss in, boss in Death to Smoochie right. and in uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. So he loves being a TV guy. Uh, but they're asking moral questions and they're saying like, okay, is it is it morally okay to tell a source you love them just to get the information? And they're joking and they're laughing. And then Aaron says, you're able to bring a camera into the execution room in Florida. 
And you're able to, will you leave it on the moment the chair flips to get the shot? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he's like, wow, it's really great to see everyone taking a beat to think about a moral dilemma or something like that. And that kind of sets up Tom not even thinking for one second about the moral impacts of it. Because when you see the edits and the outtakes from it, he's just like, oh, all right, yeah, yeah just give me a second. And tears. So he didn't even take a beat for the moral implications of it, which is something that sarcastically Aaron calls out earlier in the movie and ends up being this like big impactful moment at the end. And I, I think the callback to that innocuous throwaway moment earlier in the film is really cool. Mm-hmm. It's just there's a lot of mess in between. It's just a <laughs> yeah. lot. They yeah. they put a lot in this salad bowl. Mm-hmm. And it's a very mixed green. It's it's very it's a <laughs> yeah. lot of mixed greens. You're like, is that is that clover? Is <laughs> Why is this here? All right, I have one final thought about the epilogue, and it's you know you talked about the blocking and it's just weird vibes all around. But mm-hmm. the worst thing about it is they give Holly Hunter a fucking mullet <laughs> after know, she has a sick fucking bob the whole movie like this is and you're telling me she's fine now i don't think so yeah now yeah. i'm worried about her it's we're ending on a low note like, <laughs> it's like mullets are out right i mean i know you can't predict that in 1987 but i could guarantee you you should know mullets are going to be out in seven years <laughs> oh my god she yeah, has a so couple different. Been... She has the Bob. She has the date night correspondence. Oh, the perm. Yeah. Also, that's not a great look, but it wasn't a good. The whole thing is not a good look. Yeah, her dress but... was bizarre. I did like the big bow in the front. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. She's got a couple fun, like big chunky sweaters with chunky belts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just I needed to say something about the mohawk. That's fair. <laughs> I needed to acknowledge it. That's fair. What did you guys think of Albert's? news time performance were you feeling bad for him was it what you expected would happen like did you think that his career was going to derail that way or did you think he was going to pull it out to kind of even the race with tom being the big shot anchor guy i don't think it was gonna be i didn't think it was gonna be that bad but i'm glad it was because it was really funny yeah yeah it brought brought me out of whatever i was in before and after <laughs> be quite frank. <laughs> no, I mean the, the second the second hour drags. So yeah, the yeah. all of the comedy that you can pull out of that is bet is for the best. I would have loved mm-hmm. to spread that out a little bit, but yeah, yeah. it was really good. Yeah, like that one line he when he was talking to what's his face the the TV head about wanting to be alone, and he goes, "All right, I'll come with you." And he goes, "Thank you." Yeah. <laughs> That's good stuff. Unfortunately, yeah. it just There's it takes another six minutes and thirty five seconds to get to the next one of those. Yeah. Yeah. In a two-hour, ten-minute movie, so. Did you anticipate his his first anchoring to go that badly? Not that badly. And I like that he's spiraling out of control, but so is everyone around him with the blow dryers and get the other shirt and the background is swinging. Like, you hear the guy, get the hand! Get the hand! I just, delightful. Yeah. I would even say, like, in a worse movie, they would have set him up to be, like, sabotaged by Tom yeah. in some yeah. way. Like, the, like embarrass him so much that he doesn't get the part, that he embarrasses himself, that he derails himself, you know, uh, emotionally and is unable to even commit to any sort of prospect with Jane. Yeah. It's like but, Bruce Almighty. 
Mm. I mean, that's kind of what I remind me of that scene where because he basically does the whole scene. Yeah. So I'm glad they didn't do that, but still, it just. Yeah, I'm glad Tom was nowhere near villainous the, yeah. like that. Or nowhere near the set, even to where he would have known Tom was in the wings watching him and that threw him off. Like, I'm glad it had nothing to right. do with Tom. It was just. Or he knew he was going to fail miserably and he's off, like, you know, 50 miles away in a black suit with his girl. Yeah. And doesn't care. Yeah. That's certainly. I mean, he did laugh it off pretty hard when he saw it. He's like, oh, yeah, he sucks. He's yeah. so bad at anchoring. I, uh, what are you so maybe do? he didn't anticipate the failure. Yeah. But I, I felt bad for the guy. I wanted him to have a better oh, shot. Oh, yeah. Because it was clear, I think, at that point that he had feelings for Jane. I mean, it was always kind of hinted throughout the whole movie. But they have the drunken conversation not long before that mm-hmm. where he's like, I like you. I, you know, you're you're special to me. Yeah. And I wish you could be two people so I could tell you my best friend. Yeah. About you the girl yeah that i like like mm-hmm. that was such a sweet moment and i, I guess i missed it because she was very dismissive of it but i thought she understood the implications of it but then when he tells her later i'm in love with you she like stops dead in her tracks like she's never heard this before and that's when i turned to you guys and was like wait didn't he tell her that like a day or two ago but he just i see he just was saying like i like you yeah. and he's not it's not love. Yeah. You're throwing the L word out there. Mm-hmm. And I think she's, there's some willful ignorance there too mm-hmm. on her part. Yeah. I For me, I wish the prop, the main problem in this movie wasn't something outside of the newsroom. Like I really wish it had something to do with telling the story, something went wrong, something, something where like they spent so much time with the setup of showing us and teaching us about this world to just drop it at the end pretty much. Because three people can't get their shit together emotionally. Yeah. I think the firings should have been a bigger deal. They like, weren't, yeah. I mean, I know they probably were treated with as less care as they did back then as they do now. But yeah, there was almost no impact there e- either. The only thing it does is it gets Aaron to try anchoring, but he wanted to do that anyway. Right. It just, it forces the issue, like it forces his hand to be like asking for it. Yeah. But I feel like if you had started out this of like okay new guy's here he doesn't really understand the news that wrench is there but also we're hearing rumblings from corporate that they gotta cut they gotta cut money and so the whole time everyone's trying to up their game because they know layoffs are coming and that could have been looming over which would help explain some of the woe is me i don't like my job moments because it's like okay do i want to get fired like could this be a blessing in disguise like that could have been a part of the movie touched upon more and that would have added some more drama to the work stuff as opposed to just the work stuff being really filler until we can get a scene of tom and jane in the coat closet talking about each other or the news or whatever right i think all the emotional stuff should have been staged or had been done like somewhere in the newsroom or somewhere in that setting and not at someone's house or something like that i think it'd be a lot more impactful and it would again at least for me the interesting stuff was there at that at that building Mm -hmm. and not outside of it yeah although most of the places that we go to outside of it are the correspondence dinner which is a big thing for news media well, we didn't even get into we didn't get to the mags. No, <laughs> no, no, because she had the she had the condoms in her purse and she didn't right. want to go through the metal detector, which was just a weird, like why even? It's just do weird, that? yeah. Like, just go outside and talk to him. Like I don't need the the fear of condoms exposed in the purse. 
Especially if you're not going to pay that off. Yeah. If you're not going to pay off the embarrassment of I put a bunch of – a whole box of condoms in my purse. It sounds like a producer's note uh, to cut the budget essentially because they don't have to shoot a massive scene with a bunch of people eating dinner. Yeah. Hey, let's just not have that do and we can put condoms in her purse <laughs> to get her kicked out of the dinner. I would have at least liked her to dump the purse out, be super fucking embarrassed, and then immediately leave because everyone's looking at her. See, like, mm-hmm. I feel like there would have been a right. good mind for comedy there to have everyone kind of look at her and have her be super embarrassed. And then they can go out and have a discussion about, oh, why did you put those in there? What did you think this was? Like, they could have had a, rela- a yeah, relationship fr- talk at the very least. That's what's frustrating, too. There's plenty of moments where they could have done interjected humor where they mm-hmm. did before and they didn't. It just – it's played for something. I don't know. I'm <laughs> – yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's a, it's a strange movie. Yeah. It's just uneven. Yeah. There's something there, though. Like, like her mullet. Yeah. Very uneven. Very uneven. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I suppose there's something there, but it's 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 not sitting well with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think part of, at least for me, it being a very different movie than I was expecting hit me really hard because I was expecting so much more humor. Yeah. So much more, you know, like I can't help but come back to movies like When Harry Met Sally when we're talking about it Mm -hmm. because it felt so similar, but none of it lands the same way. Because I just, like I ultimately didn't care about their relationship quarrel because the two people that I wanted to care the most about aren't the two we focus most of the time on. Mm. Where I feel like had most of the focus been on those two, I probably would have enjoyed this a lot more. But there are so many elements that I like a lot that's just not enough to move it above, you know, 50% or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's like a delicious – you've got the right elements for a BLT, but they made it on banana bread. Right? Like it's like, just – the stuff is there, but you wrapped it up in the worst possible thing. Yeah. It's just yeah. a bummer. And get rid of the epilogue. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's just yeah, have her leave the airport and that's it. Yeah. The airport scene is so good because she's finally realized that, like, oh, you are a snake. I hate you for this. I don't want to talk to you. I'm leaving. I've just made a big mess of things and just go. Just mm-hmm. get out of my face. You're not even a person I want. Go to London, please. Like Yeah. Get as far away from me as you possibly can. And I love in the cab when she's mm-hmm. leaving where she's she wants to give up that control. And then she's like, no, no, no. But that's me. Yeah. I'm the control person where she says, I think, you know, Connecticut's – don't take Connecticut Boulevard. Eh, do whatever you want. Actually, but don't take whatever this, this right. roundabout. Yeah. And I think that moment would have been such a better ending moment. Okay, things got away from her. She was ready to give up everything she believed in. But then you know what? Like, the Jane we love is still here. Yeah. And the kind of acceptance of who she is. Like, self-acceptance. Yeah. Like, I am ultimately going to be the person who's going to tell the taxi driver what direction to take. And that's just who I am. And then, like, if you had to do an epilogue, I just want Aaron... And Jane, I don't want Tom in the picture anymore. We've just exposed him as this fraud asshole that we knew him to be all along. We knew he's a fraud all along because he doesn't know news. He's not smart. He's just the pretty face. But now we've exposed him as this morally questionable 
good yeah, great to person. see you. Kisses and hugs. Yeah, and it's like what the fuck is going on? There's so because there's so much in seven years that must have taken place for her to be at the point where she can like, give him a hug and be his boss. Her accepting that job makes no sense after what we just watched in the airport, and that's why it's so crazy that they include it because mm-hmm. a lot needs to have happened in seven years for her to be like, oh yeah, I'll come be your boss. Right. Like I'll come, you know edit all of the content that you talk about because again she could edit that content but then he could still go and do morally questionable things that she may not know about or whatever like Mm -hmm. there there may still be underhanded tactics there did he really just clean up his act in london just because he has a fiance and everything's fine now like i don't i don't buy it i don't like it yeah Yeah. yeah i just want to see him get on that plane and that plane fuck off for the rest of the time (laughs) yeah crash into the ocean yeah really yeah (laughs) get on that weird scissor lift trolley that they've got at the airport that i've never seen before in my whole life just get on that thing and just go away forever and we'll just leave holly hunter in the back of the cab and roll credits yeah there was a funny line about someone dying that i can't particularly remember oh Oh. when they're getting fired he's firing the old guy and he's like i'm just old enough to take early retirement as a compliment. Oh, yeah. He's like, okay, you know, that's that's great. What a great outlook. Great way to think about it. If there's anything I can do for you, just let me know. And he says, you could die soon. Yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. <laughs> See, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, because there's, there's, and there's a ton of moments like that where it's just funny stuff Albert Brooks says or yeah, it's funny it, things, but it's just... Mm-hmm. It makes up 18% of this movie. That's the thing. It's so few and far between. Yeah. Yeah. You want more of that, just, like, what's the natural environment of the newsroom? Like, people saying shit like that when they get fired. Yeah. The guys coming in and doing the oh, the, the new theme. score, yeah. the new theme. I want more moments like that in this movie. I got chills. That's what I thought this movie was going to be, is more of those moments like that of, I hope you die soon. I hope your plane crashes. Here's right. the new diddly theme. Where the yeah, and the president's loving it. He's got chills, like great stuff. I thought the movie was going to be way more of that, and Joan Cusack running through a hall, slide tackling the the right. water fountain. I wanted more, not slapstick, but like I wanted more lightheartedness. Mm-hmm. I wanted yeah. more of the comedy and less of the the drama. But it is what it is. Yeah. Can oh. Johnny? Obviously, like we know where this sits for you. Do you want to put a bow on it at all? I will not watch Boardcast News again. <laughs> Did you write that down? Do nope. I have to yell at you like nope. Zach? <laughs> nope, didn't write down. Bridget, what about you? Final thoughts after having the... I mean, you liked it coming out of it now that we've kind of poo-pooed a lot of it. Oh, yeah. It's it's an uneven movie. I still like it. because it, And I like a lot of bad things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not above <laughs> liking a bad movie. Absolutely not. I I, I enjoyed it, but... Everything that you both have said is completely valid. Mm-hmm. So you you like it just – you understand the faults. I, I, yeah. But you can put all that aside because of the things that you do like about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's probably where I am. I don't know that I would necessarily watch it again per se. Like I don't know that I would tell anyone that they need to see this or be like, oh my god, you haven't seen it. The way that – I feel like some of these lists that are like, you have to see this. This is important. Like, this is a great... I think if I already had a conversation about Albert Brooks or Holly Hunter, I would absolutely mention that, like, this movie has great great performances from them. And then completely change the subject and tell people to forget what I just said. Watch the (laughs) supercut of all of Albert Brooks' scenes. 
watch this Holly Hunter right. scene. Like, watch clips. Mm-hmm. You don't have to sit through the movie if you don't want to. Right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not worth it. Uh, yeah, and I don't want that phone call afterwards either, so. Because I, like, I, I just feel bad because there were so many points where I, like, I was laughing pretty heartily at a lot of stuff that Albert Brooks said. I wanted more of it. You know, there were moments where in the middle of the movie, I even felt bad for Jane when she goes back to the bar to celebrate after the special report and she sees Tom with Samantha or whatever her name was. Like, I felt bad for her. She peeks around the corner right. and she's just sad. And I felt for her in that moment. And then I like the more it went on, the more I realized that like, oh, I don't want this. I don't want them to end up together. I don't care about him. Go away, Tom. Yeah. The movie establishes a rhythm like 15 or 20 minutes in and then it repeats that rhythm. Mm -hmm. And there's no surprises later on. So, like, I knew that, okay, I got to wait another seven, eight minutes for a laugh or I got to wait another seven or eight minutes for some sort of interesting thing about the behind the scenes. Or, mm -hmm. But beyond that, the focus of it being on this, like, the, the dichotomy of the relationship with these three is, like, not interesting to me at all. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to like it more. I, there are elements to it I do like. I probably would watch an Aaron supercut of all his like best lines and quips. But, oh yeah, I'm sure that's great. Yeah, uh, but ultimately it is it is very uneven and and just at two hours and ten minutes it feels like two and a half. It's exhausting. Yeah. Or three, and that's I think a big a big problem with it. Beyond all of the other things that we mentioned, just it feels very long, and. It's not in a good way where you're like, oh, my God, I sat through it and I was enthralled the whole time. I can't believe the two and a half hours flew by. It was, oh, wow, that was, that was only 210. Damn. Mm -hmm. Felt like the whole night. Right. Yeah. Like, and why does Tom's dad come? Why is he there the day they all get fired? There's too much happening. Yeah. And yeah. they look like 16 years apart. <laughs> and they are 16 years yeah. apart. Yeah. Well, because he plays the, I feel like it's the same actor that played it young is. Tom's dad. And they just throw some some oh some I see baby I can powder in yeah. the movie with the kids mm -hmm. yeah yeah so yeah I don't know but I I do I do wish I liked it more uh, but there are things that I that I do like about it so it's not I don't think it was a total waste at least for me uh, tonight but I think that will do it then for this week's episode of Fine I'll Watch It remember you can find every episode of Fine I'll Watch It every Thursday morning at nine a.m. On Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. So let us know what you think of broadcast news. What did you think of the performances from Holly Hunter, John, uh, so John Hurt, not William Hurt, uh, and Albert Brooks? Let us know what you think of other Albert Brooks or Holly Hunter movies, James L. Brooks stuff. Let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. But once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And I'm Johnny. And thanks so much for listening.